Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are all having an absolutely awesome day today. Hope you guys had a safe, great weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed yourselves and you continue to stay strong and get the truth out there as much as possible. I encourage you guys to please Get the truth out there. Spread the news. Spread the truth. That's why at our website at healthmasters.com, we have the show links, the articles that basically we talk about on the show. We put them up every single day. We have the the Ted and Austin Brower show we put up on the front page. You can get that sent right to your email every day. We're doing everything we can on our end to try to spread the truth because as we've seen over the last years now, the truth is the main basically enemy of the lies that – the entire deep state narrative is trying to push on us. I've told you guys this, and I've explained it to you year after year, what they've done through the propaganda, through mind control, through the television process, through the music industry, all in order to control your mind and make you think about nothing that you're supposed to look at and see while they stand behind the curtain and basically tell you that you have to look at this, you have to look at that, and nothing to see here. We've seen the lie now year after year over this COVID injection that more and more people have continued to just believe the narrative and continue to go along with it. Now we're starting to see a huge, enormous amount of people that are no longer going along with it and basically starting to question the entire narrative. It's interesting enough now, there's an article that I will post on here from Global Research, and they have now compiled over a 1,000 different research articles and studies, over a 1,000 guys, a 1,000, basically showing that the COVID injection is lethal and over a 1,000 different scientific studies proving so. The safe and effective lie fake propaganda or false propaganda that they have pushed now is starting to come unraveled. This is why, again, I've told you before, I personally think they're going to keep trying to push this shot as long as they can. This is why the shots are constantly getting bought up and more and more millions and billions of dollars are being spent to increase more booster shots and more propaganda to tell everybody to get this shot. One here, one of a couple of the different articles here showing how the long-term lethality lethality of this weapon is not even yet realized as debilitating the immune system. And I've told you guys this before. I don't think we have any idea on how effective this shot is and what it's going to continue to do. We continue to see these things about, oh, it's mutating again. There's another mutated version, another mutated version. Remember what I've told you guys repeatedly all the way back from a year and a half ago from Gert von Bosch who said the vaccine deployment and the ongoing mass immunization campaigns are highly likely to further enhance immune escape as none of the current vaccines will prevent transmission of viral variants. Now, whether or not he was basically being used to try to put this out there or he's simply telling the facts, one thing we do know is they have shown repeatedly now variant after variant, alleged variant, alleged mutation, whatever you want to call it, it's primarily affecting the individuals who continually get the shot. And that's why you start seeing these articles talk about the side effects that occur, the cerebral venous thrombosis after COVID-19 vaccination in the UK on the Lancelet.com, vaccine-induced immune thrombosis with disseminated intravascular coagulation and death after COVID-19 vaccination. That was on Science Direct. Fatal cerebral hemorrhage after vaccine COVID, after COVID-19 vaccine. Myocarditis after RNA vaccination against SARS-CoV-2. Science Direct. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. And I'm going to post this on the website so you guys can look through it, and they're all hyperlinked. You can go to each research study. And so, guys, think about it. 
if this type of information is being posted on these scientific journal websites, over a thousand of them already, and this shot's been out for, you know, I don't know, year and a half, two years now, they've been experimenting with it. Think about what's going to happen in three, four, five, ten years as they continue to roll this incredibly nasty booster shot over and over and over again. So they've already said now, Pfizer's now developing a flu COVID booster shot every single year that you need to get for your fall flu COVID shot. This isn't going to stop, guys. They're going to keep pushing this, and the more and more people get injected with it, the sicker they're going to get. That's why I've encouraged people, make sure you're keeping your immune system strong. I personally think they're going to start trying to run another phase of this COVID thing again. This is why it's incredibly important you keep the vitamin C levels, the D3, the zinc, and the iodine in your system as much as possible. And also, too, if you have made the mistake or basically were forced to get the injection, make sure you're taking good cardiovascular protective property supplements like the resveratrol, the CoQ10, the vitamin E, the N-acetylcysteine. You can also take the GHI cleanse, which helps out with inflammation and detoxification of the body. There's a lot of different things you can do. Our bodies are magnificent and wonderfully made. As long as you take care of them, give them the right nutrients, and continue to basically exercise, keep blood flow, keep the lymphatic system moving, and eat clean, and try to stay away the best you can from the processed sugars, the processed carbohydrates, the pork, the hydrogenated oils, the high fructose corn syrup, all the stuff that we've talked about for decades here at healthmasters.com and helping your body stay strong. One of those things you absolutely have to try to stay away from, as we've started to see now, it's really, really, really bad on the body, is glyphosate and GMO foods. There was no question about it that GMO foods were used as a eugenics device. We can see this now with Monsanto. The fact that they're finding over 80% of the general population basically has Roundup in their urine. We've seen these numbers repeatedly tested multiple times. This isn't an accident. This is a repeated thing they're doing over and over and over again. And I talked to a buddy of mine the other day after we had gone and out and eat dinner. A few of us had eat dinner at a real nice restaurant, real high end, but it wasn't super expensive. But the portions were smaller, but it was really, really clean food. I mean, top shelf clean food. And it's funny, he ate it, and I've gotten on to him about eating for years, trying to clean up his diet. And uh, later on, he's like, man, he's like, you know what I noticed? He's like, I ate that meal, and it was a good meal. It's like, I'm full. He said, but my stomach's not bloated. I'm not, you know, I'm indigestion or heartburn. I feel really good. And I said, that's because, bud, you're not eating, you know, Taco Bell or Sonny's Barbecue or fast food. I said, when you put that filth in your body, I mean, it's, what it is, it's filth, it's pure toxic sludge. It's 100% GMO from the fast food, loaded with MSG, loaded with high fructose corn syrup, loaded with every manner of toxin and preservative you can find. And I said, you put it in your body. I said, your body doesn't like it, dude. I said, it's the same analogy I've used if you have a really, really high-end performance sports car and, you know, 87 or 85 octane of the pump isn't cheap enough for you, much less try to put premium in it. You don't want to put 93 or race fuel. You want the cheapest stuff they have. You go in the back and say, dude, when you guys got any old fuel that's, you know, kind of, you know, gelling up in the back and the ethanol separating and, you know, maybe 80 octanes, I just want some cheapest you can buy. Oh, yeah, sure, we got that. We're trying to throw it away. Nobody will take it or dispose of it. What makes you put it in your sports car? And then you wonder why the car detunes and it's sputtering and it's idling horrible and it has no power. Well, it's because you just put absolute filth into the fuel tank. What do you think happens to your body that's even more advanced and complex than simply a sports car? It's going to run like garbage. You're going to have brain fog. You're going to have the energy. You're going to want to sleep all the time. You're going to have indigestion. Your stomach's going to be messed up. Stay away from the fast foods and from the really preserved laden foods. The way I always look at it is the easiest way. 
The shorter the ingredient list on the food you're eating, the better. If you open up a box and you go look at something in the store and you flip it over, and I've done this numerous times, look at something like, oh, that's interesting. I flip it over, and the ingredient list is about six paragraphs long from halfway down the box to the very bottom of the box. 50% of stuff you have a hard time even pronouncing. There's probably a high probability, guys, you don't need to put it in your body. Just a thought on that, because as they continue to push this narrative about whether it be the you know fuel, whether it be the food, whether it be whatever it is, one thing they've constantly dialed in, and that is using food as a tool and making people sicker and sicker and sicker. Because remember, healthy people don't benefit and make money for the pharmaceutical and the medical industrial complex. They don't. Healthy people don't make them any money. If you have somebody that goes to the doctor, you know, once every 10 years because they got an injury from a broken finger or something like that, other than that, they don't go to the doctor. It doesn't really make them any money at all. It simply just kind of goes, well, these guys are not, you know, they're not producing anything. They're not subjects to us anymore. So this is why they've continued to promote the fact that you need to eject your child with 78 injections by the time they're 18. News flash to anybody that's ever actually done research with physiology, the body's immune system doesn't even really start developing until about a year and a half to two years. The babies have no immune system when they're born. So they're saying they want to give them immune response with MMR shots and DTAP shots and all these insane injections when they're six months old, a year old. Guys, they can't even have a true immune system build and function while that's happening. So why are they injecting them with it? Well, it's a simple fact. They want to destroy their immune system as soon as possible. That is why you're seeing record levels of children that are having problems with allergies to peanuts, to milk, to eggs, to every single thing under the sun. Do you guys remember kids having horrible allergies like this? Where I mean, the peanut was on the table, they couldn't touch it. Milk's on the table, eggs on the table. They can't be around anything. They got to have epipens with them everywhere. No, that wasn't the case back in the 80s and 90s. The reason why it's happening now is because of the immune responses you're seeing from all these injections that are being shoved in these young little children at such an early age. I had somebody email me yesterday, and they said, well, what do you think about a tetanus shot if somebody basically is going to be you know, around or exposed to something that's highly likely as tetanus? And I told them, I said, this is what a doctor told me years ago. I said – if a virus or if a something is very communicable and it is very deadly and you're going to be highly likely exposed to it, that is one of the only times something is really ever needed. And I said tetanus is one of the only things that ever falls in that category. However, if you get a tetanus shot, you need to absolutely make sure that you get a single ampule injection with tetanus only. The reason why they put together the DTaP vaccine, the diphtheria, um, tetanus, pertussis, that shot was intentionally put together to force anybody that wanted to get a tetanus shot to get all these other shots injected with it. And it's usually a multi-use vial, which has much higher levels of aluminum and mercury and other types of toxins in it. This is really important if you have to get that. So, again, I don't recommend it unless you absolutely need it. But, again, use your own research and make your own wise choice on a lot of this stuff because there is no doubt about it. The eugenics plan is in full force right now, whether it be through the food, whether it be through injections, whether it be through the fluoride in the water. They are doing everything they can to keep as people as sick as possible because isn't it funny right now that allegedly everybody who's gotten these three, four shots are continually getting sick, and they're saying now that the most of the people that are getting injected or most of the people that are going to the hospital that are getting sick with these newer variants are people that have been fully injected. 
that should really make you ask this question. Is it really safe and is it really effective? The answer from this research right here with over a 1,000 different articles on it that I'll put on the website, the answer, in my opinion, is a resounding no. What do you think, Dan? Uh, that was an excellent intro, Austin. It really, really was. And, I, and here's the thing. You know, back in the 80s, after Reagan signed that Vaccine Immunity Act for the manufacturers, they started really pumping up about 1986, all of the vaccines they want to give the children. And this has done an absolutely phenomenal job after the past 30, 35 years now of just dumbing everybody down. I mean, I mean, I hate to say that, but it has. I mean, when we, when I walk into stores and I try to talk to younger generations of people, they kind of just look at me, you know, with a stunned look like, why are you speaking to me? Uh, why are you telling me this? This can't possibly be true. It's like they have no reasoning skills or they've lost those reasoning skills to, as, to communicate. And you see it all the time with the autistic spectrum. They used to load these, these vaccines up with mercury. We decided that they had so much backlash from the toxic mercury they were putting in the vaccines, they started dumping aluminum in. And the aluminum, they just put more of it in there so you get the same effect as you did with the mercury, and you end up giving these children Asperger's syndrome, you know, causing autism. I wrote a whole book on this. And, and the thing about it is, is that it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. And now they're adding these shots into the trial schedule, which is the final goal of this, so that all children get all of these COVID shots all of the time, which is going to entangle in with the spike proteins into their ovaries and the testicles, preventing secondary sexual characteristics. And we see all of this stuff happening, including sterilizing these children. And we know the World Health Organization has been involved in sterilization of countries over the years, including using the tetanus shot over in Canada, you know, in Africa. And so all of the stuff that Austin talked about, is he's 100 percent right on. And so now we're seeing more and more of these journals coming out talking about the toxicity effect of these vaccines. You say, well, I don't have any toxicity effects when I took the vaccine. Well, you probably got a placebo, honestly. And I thank God Almighty that you got a placebo. I really do. Because I have so many friends that are having all kinds of health issues, including many strokes and clots from the vaccines. After I pleaded with them not to take the vaccines, they did it anyhow. So this is the problem that we're running into now is that this population of the United States that has been so injected with this clot shot is starting to have all kinds of health issues including all types of mental issues because the basically the microstrokes they're having from their cardiovascular system, the cerebrovascular system. And we're seeing this. And this this globalist war on the nations, basically at this point from Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, it's entering its its final outcome. It really has. You know, they're entering the kill phase of the Great Reset. You know, and, and we understand that, you know, God created humans, not transhumans in his image. And basically at the Tower of Babel he divided them into nations. That Lucifer, the evil one, has been working to kill people, especially babies and children, to set up a one-world government ever since because he feeds through the energy released from these children when they're basically sacrificed. And we see all of these countries, these companies now that are going out and giving their employees $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for like, quote, unquote, a vacation abortion. Well, guys, when, when you see this happening and you know these people are going out and giving out these these basically, how should I say, this 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 this, this revenue stream to Moloch, you need to not use these people. Stay away from them. You you got you got you got Amazon, you got Amalgamated Bank, you've got Bumble, you've got Citigroup, you got Comcast, you got Disney, you got Dick Sporting Goods, you got DoorDash, you got J.B. Morgan Chase, Levi Strauss, Lyft, Match Group, Microsoft, Netflix, Salesforce. Starbucks, Tesla, United Talent Agency, Yelp, all these different companies are giving their employees or have said they're going to give their employees now money for abortions to go to different states to get their children killed. It's like the Moloch Top 20. I mean, it's absolutely awful when you stop and you think about it, but this war is continuing. They don't want free-thinking human beings and independent sovereign nations because those 
those are the two biggest enemies of the one world satanic state. Things are moving more quickly now because the globalist predator Klaus Schwab and the international banks have triggered his final endgame playing for total power using the puppet politicians they've installed in every nation of the formerly free world to do their bidding. The globalist Klaus Schwab and the gang, the Kabbalist Luciferian bloodline families, they're pushing all of the right buttons to stoke the chaos, reopening every national wound from the past, pouring salt in existing wounds, and the ruling elites would only be doing this if they would would only be doing this if their goal was to destabilize the nations and bring them down. Look at what's going on in Sri Lanka, to Poland, to the Netherlands, to Italy, to France, to Germany, to Canada, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, the United Nations, the United Kingdom, and UK, and and and, uh, and the U.S. It's all coming apart at the seams, and it's being done on purpose. The reason they want to do all of this stuff is they want to get rid of the food supply. They want to create starvation. They want to mess up the, the money supply. They want to do everything they possibly can to bring in their new world order, their one world government under Lucifer. And for some reason, I don't really understand it at this point yet, so many people don't want to discuss any of this stuff. They don't want to talk about any of this stuff because they, they think it's you're, you're being silly if you talk about it. Like these people that I've talked to so many places that love their governor from California loved their governor from California, who's a globalist, communist, Luciferian, as far as I'm concerned. And they all want to basically worship the beast system and the beast model. Look what's happening with Thomas Jefferson. This is real important. I'm going to tie all of this together right now. Monticello is going woke. And I've been to Monticello. Austin's been to Monticello. It's the home of Thomas Jefferson. Now, I'm not a big fan of Thomas Jefferson. You had Washington, you had Adams, you had Jefferson, the first three presidents of the United States, and Jefferson was a deist. He didn't believe in Jesus Christ as being God and one of the gods of the triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. In fact, he rewrote the Bible to the Jeffersonian Bible, taking out all of Jesus' miracles. He's a weirdo, but he's really, really smart. But, but he had some issues. He really did. He spoke a whole bunch of different languages, but I don't like the guy but you know i have to say what he did and how he did it in many cases was pretty amazing well monticello now has decided that they're going to completely go in and destroy anything that he ever did right they are and you, and you, and you get and basically the entire employee system there at monticello now are going to are trying to belittle jefferson and his wife the, the tour guides play a besmirchment derby never missing a chance to defame this man which I would not do. Now, I don't particularly like him. I've told you that, but he did some things, and he was very, very, very bright. But then you have to ask yourself a question. Who did this? Who's paying for this, and why are they doing this? And then you start to realize that there was this one guy who was given, who gave $20 million to make Monticello go woke. You go, wait a minute. Yeah? Oh, yeah. And, and books by critical race theory proponents from Ibrant X. Kendi and Tanisha Coates enjoyed the pride of the place of the visitor's gift shop, while the smaller farm shop displays five titles on Jefferson's slaves and a single biography of the man himself. And you say, ask yourself, why in the world did this happen, and who in the world gave $20 million to come in and completely redo the history of this guy to be, do a restoration of the landscape of slavery? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm tying this together right now with the Kabbalah and Lucifer and what happened with ancient Israel. This whole thing for this estate with Thomas Jefferson has been done by the communist left-leading philanthropist David M. Rubenstein, who donated $20 million towards the effort in 2015. Rubenstein, a private equity billionaire, another Kabbalist Luciferian cutout by the Rothschild banking cartel, in my opinion, and former Carter administration official, recently pledged to continue his extensive investments in China. 
and and he is on the boards of the Globalist World Economic Forum. Here we go, boys and girls. China's Tenshingue University and the Council on Foreign Relations, among others. You know, here's the guy right now who basically is working with the World Economic Forum and Rubenstein, who is destroying via the Frankfurt School an icon like Jefferson in the United States and Monticello. And you think. Why would he do this? Because it's cultural Marxism that I've talked about so many times because cultural Marxism comes in and degrades the very fabric of what we know as Christians and what happened as far as the United States and the founding of the U.S. Now, am I saying all the fathers of the country and the forefathers of the country and all the founders of the country and the Constitution writers and all the rest of them were all good moral people who have the values based in Christianity and who love Jesus? No, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that they were all people who had flaws. And what I was telling you just a few minutes ago, these people that are doing this World Economic Forum now, they're cracking open the United States from a historical standpoint, and they're causing fractures to develop by pouring salt into the wounds that have been healed over. They've broken these wounds over from two, three, four hundred years ago, and they poured salt into it. You know, was I a proponent of slavery? Absolutely not. It was horrible what happened to the blacks coming out of Africa who were sold by their own tribal leaders into slavery through the Rothschild banking cartel slave network going through England. Just look that one up, guys. And so we understand what happened and how horrible it was. And, and it's awful what happened to these people who when they came to the United States, now they were forced to live and they were put on slave ships and all the rest of it. I don't have a problem with that as far as discussing that because that was horrible. It was a horrible thing that happened. But we also have to realize a lot of the Irish were sold into slavery. A lot of whites were sold into slavery, and a lot of blacks also owned slaves. Let's not forget any of that either. And so we have to understand that this was a mess that we had in the United States of America that we worked ourselves through because of Christianity as far as I'm concerned. And now this group is going back in, and they're finding every little flaw, every little crack in the fabric of our country, of our republic – what happened before our country became a republic and all of the things under King George, and they're saying, well, this is bad, this is bad. Well, this happened 400, 500 years ago, and we know it's bad. We got that. We know what we did to the Indians was absolutely horrible. We got that. But we also know a lot of the Indian tribes, not all of them, were involved in human sacrifice and all kinds of weird stuff. And we know that we brought Christianity to those folks, and we tried to get them to stop doing the human sacrifice and the killing of other people and sacrificing them to their gods. That's not okay, guys. No matter how you look at it, a lot of these ancient cultures like this were bad. Look at the sacrificial networks of the Mayans and of the Incas and how they built these giant pyramids up on the high places in order to sacrifice humans by the thousands. None of that was okay. okay? It, it, it's, it's basically a more – it's morally reprobate. And then we have people that are coming out now, and I sent out a leak yesterday, and I'm not going to mention any names. And this guy is right about the Kabbalah. He talks about it. But then he starts slamming Christianity. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't know this guy was that anti-Christian. Oh, yeah. And I, so I thought to myself, this is crazy. So I actually sent this link out to a few people. My friends, I'd apologize to him. I started listening to what the guy was saying. And he used to not be like this. He was adamantly against Christianity because he said it's a god of Judaism. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, <laughs> God created the heavens and the earth. All right? He created the heavens and the earth long before he the Jews. <laughs> I just want to mention that to you guys. He is the great I am. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is in perpetuity. He's omnipresent. He's in the beginning. He's right now all at the same time. He's omnipresent. We've got to understand who God is. And when we get that, then we start to realize that he, he 
it was Adam and Eve in the beginning, okay? It was Adam and Eve. It was not Abraham, Moses, and Isaac. We got to get that. He's the same God from the Old Testament. And what happened with the Jews, the Israelites, before they even became Israel, were sent into basically Egypt, and they became slaves for 400 years, and they reproduced. They got all caught up, with millions of them now, got caught up into the ancient Egyptian religions, the ancient religions that basically have formed the Masonic Lodges and the Kabbalah and all of the things that we now talk about on this show that nobody else doesn't want to talk about. And these ancient religions are still with us today, the ancient Canaanite religions, the ancient religions of the Egyptians. And I've talked about that in depth. Now, what I want to share with you guys today is I want to cover some, some scripture with you. And a lot of this came from uh, Dr. John Terrell. Uh, he's a brilliant Bible teacher. I don't agree with everything that he says. I don't agree with pretty much everything anybody says as far as everything. But I agree with a lot of what he says, and he gets an A in my book. And he has an article here in a preacher, in a, in an article that he put out that I posted on the website. And it was it's called Exposing the Sins of the Temple. And, and what happened is God basically wanted to expose the sins that were being practiced in the temple at Jerusalem, and Ezekiel was supernaturally taken from exile to Solomon's temple. The prophet made sure to provide the exact date, six years and the fifth day of the sixth month after the exile, when this event took place. This is Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 1. The first group of Jews were taken into Babylon in 597 B.C. because they would not stop sacrificing the idols and killing their children because they were using the same religions that they had been founded with, that they had founded and been with for 400 years in Egypt they couldn't get it out now I'm going to stop for a second do you remember when Moses walked into the pharaoh's chambers and Moses basically threw a staff down and it turned into a snake and then the pharaoh basically one of his magicians threw a staff down one of his priests and it turned into a snake and then Moses's snake ate the pharaoh's snake what god's telling us here is these magicians had a lot of power and they were able to change the fabric of space-time by their incantations because of the stuff they had learned from the ancient Egyptian religions through Lucifer. Okay, But it showed that God's power was much more than that of Pharaoh. And we see that with the plagues that came upon Egypt and all the things that happened to the Egyptians, which destroyed their culture after the ten plagues went through and the Israelites left. The problem is the Israelites would not stop worshipping the demons of Egypt and the ancient Canaanite demons. They would not do it. And that's when the Zohar was put together. It's an ancient book that was written in 72 AD about the ancient Egyptian religions, the Canaanite religions, the ancient witchcraft, satanic incantations, and all the things that were being used through the Kabbalah, which is what it would end up being called, that had been around for thousands of years all the way back to Egypt. We've got to get this. This stuff didn't happen overnight. It happened over a period of, of millennial. The first group of Jews were taken back to Babylon in 597 B.C., which means that the vision happened in 591 with Ezekiel. There they were, they were, they, they, they were still three years, five months, and 25 days left on the 10-year grace period before Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed and the rest of Judah was taken to Babylon. Now, here's the vision. God appeared to Ezekiel again, and this time the Son of God was surrounded by an amber-yellow light. It says metal, light like metal, verse 2. Just like the Apostle John will be taken up to heaven in the future, Ezekiel, Ezekiel transferred to Jerusalem, transferred to Jerusalem, and was placed inside of the temple. He picked him up by the hair, it says, and basically took him there, saying what the word says. You can read it. It says Jesus was with Ezekiel, with Jesus being the Son of God, being the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and with God altogether as one God. The glory of the Lord had come into the temple, verse 4. 
as Ezekiel gazed at the north gate, the door in the temple, he saw a pagan statue had been placed at the entrance. And the Son of God called it a great abomination, verses 5 through 6. They had all kinds of satanic themes in the temple, worshiping Baal, Moloch, and Asherah. This is how far back it goes. Remember this. Then you have to talk about the 70 elders. The 70 elders were the leaders of the Kabbalistic movement in Judah. These are the ones who were still practicing the ancient arts out of Egypt and out of the Canaanite area. They were, they were the ones who were the Luciferians that Jesus called out and told them in the book of John they were children of the devil. Okay. Now the 70 elders, it talks about them in 2 Kings 22, 1 through 3 and 8 through 13. The 70 elders were the leaders of the Kabbalistic movement in Judah, and Ezekiel, Ezekiel tragically recorded the leader of the group was J-A-A-Z-A-N-I-A-H, the son of Satham, the leader of the revival movement under King Josiah. Again, it's 2 Kings 22, 1 through 3, 8 through 13. Now, he had rejected his father's faith for the God of Israel and turned to fallen angels, the fallen angel named Lucifer, Ezekiel 8, 7 through 12. Now, there's two teachings that Christians are ignorant about as far as Judah's, Judah's history and, and Judaism's history, and they have no clue what Ezekiel saw in the temple. Jesus and his apostles knew that aside from the Old Testament, there were two other teachings in Judaism, the Talmud and the Kabbalah, and these are the core of the Antichrist system. Now, I'm covering some really good stuff that I've never talked to you guys about today. I want you to listen to me. The Talmud was basically a book that was written I'll, – I'll go into detail. The Talmud of the Babylonian Talmud was developed by renegade rabbis in Babylon. There was also – because they wanted to redo the Torah, the five first books of the Levitical law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy. There were some key points of the sick and twisted Talmud that all Gentiles are animals and they have no souls. Gentiles have no property rights. Gentiles observing the Sabbath will be sentenced to death. Gentiles are to be slave labor and to work seven days a week. If a Gentile is taken into court, he will always be found guilty. Basically, these, these, these Kabbalists were allowed to have sexual intercourse with a boy down to the age of nine years and one day, and a man could have sex with a girl as young as three years or one day old, all in the Talmud. There is no punishment if one of these Kabbalists kills a Gentile. But if a Gentile kills one of them, they should be given the death penalty. Okay, these Kabbalist employees are allowed to cheat on the wages of the Gentiles, and these Kabbalists are permitted to commit sodomy on a neighbor's wife. I'm not making this stuff up. It says all that. And then any Gentile studying this shall be put to death because they don't want them to know what they're telling their other Kabbalists to do. Now, these are some of the worst teachings of the Talmud, and it's an evil belief system that embraces racism, hate, rebellion, theft, pedophilia, murder, and sodomy. But there are also additional teachings about incest, rape, and other horrors. The children were supposed to take care of their parents as they grew older, but the Talmudic rabbis had come up with a solution for people who wanted to shirk their duty and not take care of their parents. The result was when the children signed over their property to the synagogue so that when they died, the synagogue inherited the wealth and they were free from any obligation to care for their parents because they were purposely penniless. Jesus talked about this. They said he, they, he said to them that they had nullified the word of God for the sake of their traditions because they were doing stuff like this. Jesus did not care for the tradition of the elders, and he rebuked the abbot rabbis in Mark chapter 7, verses 5 through 13. Now, the Kabbalah, I'm going to go into more detail on this than I've done before, consists of 550 books, and its origin is traced to the time the 12 tribes 
were in Egypt. However, it was put into writing and into basically written format in 72 AD after the fall of Jerusalem and the burning of the temple. The Kabbalah reared its ugly head when Korah tried to overthrow his cousin and lead the people back into Egypt, Numbers 16, 1 through 3. They were going back to the ancient Canaanite Egyptian religions the Jews were after they got out of Egypt. Most Christians are ignorant about the teaching of the Kabbalah and completely missed the horrible insurrection against Moses. This rebellion got Moses so angry that he requested a special death penalty for these rebels. Verses 28 30 through 34 in Numbers chapter 16. The Israelites had been so seduced by the teaching of the Kabbalah and Lucifer that they ironically accused Moses of having killed God's people. This is verses 41 through 50. It was Solomon, okay, who basically came in and fell sideways and went horribly against God and started practicing all kinds of satanic stuff with his satanic wives. He embraced the Kabbalah and accepted the number 666 as his Kabbalistic name. He made sure that he received exactly 666 talents of gold as a tribute, 1 King 10.14. His special throne featured six steps leading to the seat. There was a line on either side of each step so that anyone facing the throne could not help but see the number 666 verses 18 to 20. Jesus clearly identified Solomon in the book of Revelation 13.16 through 18. And here's some of the basic teachings of the Kabbalah. Here's the crazy stuff that I talked to you about with the Kabbalah. You know, remember they've got they've got Einsoft that's they've got the Einsoft, which is their serpent god, and then they've got their phallic symbol god, and they've got all these different archangels you've got to pray to in order to talk to God. But here's what they believe that when God was basically working on creation, he became confused and he separated himself. And a portion of him fell into the bottomless pit where he took the form of a serpent that they call Einsoft. The serpent is the Messiah of the Jews. And it is the duty of the Kabbalists to bring the serpent from the abyss so that he could begin to reign over Israel and the world. Many people thought Jared Kushner might have been this guy. A lot of people believe the guy who works with Klaus Schwab might be this guy. But we know that he's, he's going to be claimed to be a Jew, but he's going to be a Satanist. And there's a high probability that he's gay. Well, he doesn't like women. We need to understand that. They believe that this can only be accomplished by making everyone on earth good or making everyone evil. So guess what job should these Kabbalistic leaders took in the time of Solomon? They took the low road of making everybody evil and human sacrifice and killing all of their children. This happened again. It was reinforced in 1666 by the Kabbalist Luciferian Sabbatai Zivi, who did the same thing. He said, we've got to make everything super, super evil. He's the one, through him and Jacob Frank, who brought the Rothschild banking cartel members of their family into this Kabbalah teaching and into this worship of Lucifer. And these are the same guys now that run the central banks in all of the different countries all over the world. And their goal is to make the world as evil as they possibly can. That's why you have the Kabbalist 20 corporation controlled State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock that I talk about all the time that are now paying for their employees to go out to make sure they can continue to sacrifice their children to Baal, Moloch, and Lucifer through abortion. This is the same group that has done this for thousands and thousands of years. I've already shown you this. I've taken you all the way back to the, to the exodus out of Egypt. The same group. God separated the people, those who believed and wanted to worship him, to those who basically realized that they wanted to continue to worship Lucifer. It's been like this from the very beginning. When Eve fell to Satan and did what he said and fell from the Garden of Eden, and then Adam followed suit. This thing has been a perpetual battle. That's why Jesus says in the New Testament, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities and against these people that want to worship Lucifer. And that's why I say to you today, guys, 
when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you accept the entire Godhead is what you do. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as basically being who they say they are and having died for your sins. And you create a blood covenant with you through Jesus that allows you to be one with God and be basically tied to God through the throne. You don't have to go through a priest any longer. You can go directly to God the Father through Jesus because he's a priest in the order of Melchizedek. we got to understand who Christ is and what he did for us. And he's also God. So we, he did this for us because he wanted to free us from this system, this Kabbalist, Luciferian, satanic religion system on this planet that was sending all of these people into the abyss after they died. He didn't want to do this. He said, no more. I'm done with it. I'm sending myself now through my son, like it says in Hebrews, the exact image and representation of God Almighty as our savior to basically stand as a mediator for us and to stand in the gap so no, we no longer had to be a party of all of this stuff. And, we, and we've got to realize this. The people of Israel, they embraced idolatry and child sacrifice because the Kabbalist leadership, those 70 elders, told them that the Messiah would rise from the abyss faster if they sinned greatly. I mean, this is unbelievable. Moses met the bad God, they say, which is not true. And then when he went up to the top of the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, and the 70 elders at the foot of the mountain met the god Lucifer. From this moment forward, the people of Israel were to be led by the 70 Kabbalistic leaders, elders each generation. The leaders of the Kabbalah were initiated with an oath of death. Now, this is really, when you think about it, you start to think, what the heck? How does it even happen? Well, that's how it happened. That's right there. When Mo- Remember I talked to you about that. When Moses went up on the mountain and he got the Ten Commandments and he came back down, they were having a human sacrifice sacrificial ritual around a golden calf, sacrificing women and children to Baal, Moloch, Asherah, and the gods of Egypt. Read it yourself. Moses got so mad he threw the Ten Commandments down, the earth opened up, swallowed these guys up in a giant earthquake, and you know, and basically it, and the earth opened up and basically took them. And guys, listen to me. God doesn't like this stuff. And I know a lot of you in your past, you were involved with weird stuff. I got that. I got that. I mean, I didn't have such a glowing past either. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, all of that stuff is sanctified, and, you, and it goes into your past, and God no longer sees it. And that's why it's so important to understand that, that without Jesus, we don't have a snowball's chance, you know, on black asphalt at noon in August at 120 degrees on the asphalt of not melting. We have no hope. We have hope through Christ. That's it. The Jews have rejected Jesus in aggregate. Whether you like it or not, they have. And, and you know, you say, well, what about we have to support Israel? No, we don't. Israel was destroyed by God himself. He was. It was the Schofield Reference Bible that put it all back together again with the Balfour Declaration with the satanic leaders of the Rothschild Banking Cartel, Lord Rothschild, and the Balfour Declaration, look it up, that put Israel back on the map and reformed it as a nation. It is the number one homosexual destination in the world. They openly accept transgenders, openly accept gays. When they have a gay parade there, they have 450,000 people march through the streets. You don't have to accept any of that. You don't have to support Israel. Now, we can pray that they all accept Jesus Christ. I pray that all the time for Israel. But I don't want to send them money, and I don't want to support the country. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to say they can do anything they want to do because they're God's chosen people. No, they're not, in my opinion. Christians are God's chosen people. The Jews, basically Israel, was booted out by God, and he scattered them and burned their temple and destroyed them and sent them into captivity. That's what God chose to do with the people that would not stop sacrificing his children. Now, 
Mark Rutledge said this the other day. And I'm going to quote Mark on this because it's from the Bible. Jesus said it would be better for you to tie a millstone around your neck to defame one of these little children or sodomize one of these kids. That's what he's, he's, he's directly attacking the Kabbalist teachings of the leadership. That's why they hated him so much. If Israel was destroyed by God, and basically they had a stone tied around the entire nation of Israel, thrown into the sea and destroyed, how in the world can the United States, which has been doing the exact same thing with this abortion for the past almost 50 years now, escape the judgment of God? The only way it's going to happen, guys, is if we fall on our face and we repent as a nation and we come back and say, no, we're not going to do this. And I have a good friend of mine. Her name is Carrie, and she's a big southern advocate, and she's all about the south, and she knows all of the southern history. And she said they've always been two separate nations. you got the liberals up north, and I realize there are a lot of conservatives who live up north. I got that, who listen to the show. I got that. But the vast majority of these states, in many cases, like New York City, which are controlled through these liberals, they control everything, including what you see on TV what you hear in the news, all of it, through their Kabbalist networks that own the media. And we understand that. But we have to also understand is that Moses met the good God who told him what to do. <laughs> and we have to understand that the Kabbalah is mentioned other places in the Bible. Well, let me give you a couple examples. God spoke to the prophet Isaiah against the insidious teaching of the, the more you sin, the faster the Kabbalist Messiah will arrive. Isaiah chapter 5, 18 through 20. God denounced the Kabbalistic covenants of death, Isaiah 28, 14 through 18. God condemned the Kabbalistic practices of working evil in the dark, Isaiah 29, 15. The prophet Jeremiah warned about believing lying words, Jeremiah 7, 1 through 11. God attacked the conspiracy of the Kabbalistic leadership, Jeremiah 11, 9 through 10. God also used the prophet Ezekiel to point out the conspiracy, Ezekiel 22, 24 through 29. John the Baptist pointed out the followers of the Holy Serpent, Matthew, Chapter 3, 7 through 9. Jesus also exposed the Kabbalists in Matthew 12, 34, and also in John. The Kabbalists recognized that Jesus had supernatural power, and they tried to take him by force to lead a rebellion against the Romans, John 6, 14 through 15. The Apostle Paul was even be accused of being a Kabbalist in Romans 3, chapter 8. You know, we need to realize what's happening here and how this group, this individual group of Kabbalist Luciferian sect, have come in and they have basically destroyed the entire planet. Because they're trying to destroy the planet because they want to make people believe the lie. And, and when you look at – see, when you believe the lie, then when, when God tries to talk to you about the truth, you know, you'd rather believe the lie. Remember what Jesus said? There's another teaching of, of, the, of the gospel in which the rich man was basically having Lazarus sitting at the foot of his table eating crumbs from his table. And the, and the rich guy dies and the, and the beggar dies. And suddenly the beggar seeing the rich guy in hell and the rich guy seeing Lazarus in heaven and says – Please let somebody re return back from the dead so they will believe and know the truth. And then Jesus said, I tell you the truth, even if someone returns from the dead, they will not believe. Now, I'm going to say this to you. The Bible said, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him have a, who has eyes to see, let him see. Not everybody's going to get this. What I'm talking about with you guys today is so advanced from a scriptural standpoint with Christianity and the history of the basically the Bible, the Torah, the Kabbalah, the New and the Old Testament, that a lot of Christians are going to look at you kind of funny if you talk to them about this, and they'll think you're nuts because they've never read the Word of God. They've never read the Bible. Now, I've given you literally dozens of scriptures today that you can go up and look through all the things that I said and verify that this ancient teaching of the Kabbalah was way back after Egypt. That's when they started this mess. Now, I wanted you guys to see that in clarity today because look, remember what Thessalonians says. And he goes – he goes, don't you remember, this is the man of lawlessness, 
Okay, this is uh, chapter two, chapter two, Thessalonians, verse five. Don't you remember that when I was with you, Jesus is talking, I used to tell you these things. And now you know what is holding him back. That was Jesus God. This is the God of lawlessness, this is Satan, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. That's we're seeing that with Klaus Schwab now in the World Economic Forum. They're doing it right now behind everybody's backs and out in the open. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken uh, is, he is, until he is taken out, out, out of the way by God Almighty. And then the lawlessness will be revealed. We're seeing that right now happening right before our eyes, whom the Lord Jesus will then overthrow with the breath of his mouth to destroy the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power, Klaus Schwab bragging that he controls the entire Canadian government. Displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie, the lie that Lucifer is going to rule and be a good God. It's a total lie. And all of the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because, listen, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a delusion so they will not do they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. And, you know, it's not because God doesn't want them to be saved. But they're reprobate. He talks about that in the Bible. There's nothing you can do to get it right. There's nothing you can do to fix it. All they want to do is do filthy stuff. And they want to just crowds around in broad daylight. Uh, just the other day, I found that a, a person that, who was a sales rep at a the dealership that I know was running around talking filthy to girls. They ended up firing him about it. You can't live like that. You can't do stuff like that. It's not okay. The problem is if you don't see and believe and know the truth – and understand who Jesus was and understand there's a moral law that we have to follow. And if we don't follow that moral law, that we're all destined to basically die and end up in hell. That's not something I want any of you to do. And that's the problem that we have with Christianity today. That's why I was so proud of Mark Rutland, you know, that 4th of July sermon that he did way back when. Okay, He talked about what was going on in the Bible. He talked about ancient Israel. He talked about the sacrificing of our children. If the pastors don't start doing this, we're never going to fix this mess. And if you don't start doing it, my friends, I love you, we're going to fix this. You've got to take every chance and every opportunity that you have to talk to your pastor and talk to your friends. Send them this audio today that I did. And Austin is done. This is going to be a green show. Because we, I spent a lot of time prepping for this. But when you see the Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson being destroyed by a Kabbalist who's giving over $20 million to wake up Monticello – to destroy it, to make everybody think that slavery was the primary issue of the Civil War. And it was an issue. I'm not going to get away from that, but it wasn't the primary issue. We need to realize, wait a minute, there's a problem here. They're fracturing the very fabric of our society and pouring salt into the wounds to destroy us. This is what cultural Marxism was all about, which was started by the Kabbalists. And once we get that and we see it, then we can't let it go because we have to understand that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For this is the day the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and we will be glad in it. Well, we have people that are really, really strong Christians that refuse to acknowledge that abortion is a sin, who are really strong Christians who claim to be really strong Christians who refuse to abolish, acknowledge that homosexuality is a sin. There's something wrong with the teaching they've been getting. It's not okay. I told you I had a good friend of mine from college. I mean, super strong Baptist. Now she's pro-gay, pro-abortion, pro-trans, pro-pro-pro-pro-pro-pro. Worked in the school system for many years. Guys, it's not okay. Don't allow that stuff to get into your mind and to permeate you and to seep in. Don't do it. 
Don't allow yourself to get involved with thinking that this is okay. It's not okay. That's exactly how we've got ourselves into this mess. We've allowed this group of people to come into our school systems, to our university systems, through cultural Marxism, and destroy the very fabric of our society through the satanic use of the Kabbalah and control of the media. We can't allow this to happen. This is the synagogue of Satan doing this. Don't, don't pretend like it's not that. That's what it says in the book of Revelation. That's who's doing all of this to us, and we have to realize this is a spiritual battle that cannot be defeated in a political, in a political circus. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't put Christian people into political realms and that Christian people shouldn't run for office. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that because we should. And we should realize that our Christian values should be paramount in a country if we're to save the republic. But they're doing everything they can with the shortage of diesel, with the shortage of everything, with the shortage of chips, with the shortage of everything to destroy the infrastructure of the United States and the manufacturing capacity of the United States. They're crippling our military by pouring all of these military aids and military weapons in other countries around the world. They're doing all of this stuff on purpose, guys. And they're bringing in and putting these Kabbalist Luciferians who are controlled through the World Economic Forum through that weirdo Klaus Schwab and Henry Kissinger. And they're putting them into government positions, and they're using George Soros and other Rothschild agents as proxies to basically fund all of this mess. When you see it, okay, like I just showed you today, when you see it, and I put a big spotlight on it, and I throw a magnifying glass on it, I said, there it is. And when you see it, you'll realize that you can never unsee it. Because this is the group that is running the planet. That's why we have to keep our hearts and minds in Christ all the days of our life and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I love you guys. Austin, finish up the show. I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And, you know, to tie into what you were talking about there, and a lot of times people forget about this, is this is what they're trying to do to put together this alleged one world government and new world order. They want everything to be under one umbrella of this type of teaching. This is why they're trying to bring a new world religion, a new world currency, a one world dollar, a one world currency, so to speak, a one world religion. This all goes back to the idea and concept that happened in Babel. When you go back basically into Genesis, what's interesting about this, if you look at it, a lot of people don't realize this, Nimrod was the main individual that was involved in building Babylon. Nimrod was the great-grandson of Noah through the line of Cush back in Genesis 10.8. Nimrod's described as one of the first of the mighty men to appear on earth after the flood. If you guys remember when it talks about in Genesis 6.4, it says there were men mighty on earth and also afterwards. This is Nimrod is what they're referring to. This This guy basically was a, another giant. Now, how in the world that DNA came down out of Noah, out of basically Cush, I don't know. The Bible doesn't go into deep detail with that. But Nimrod definitely was involved in a lot of these different things, including building a wreck, building a cod, and also building the city of Nineveh. You guys remember that with Jonah. Nineveh was another one of those cities that was so polluted and so corrupt. Remember, Jonah had to go there, basically try to preach to them because they were such a horrific city. This all goes back to Nimrod being an extremely large, skilled, ambitious man that hated God. And other instances of scripture, when it talks about basically the aspects of the Canaanites and seeing the sons of Anak, where basically the spies went into the land and saw the Canaanites – And they were grasshoppers in their sight because Canaanites were full of giants. If you look back, the sons of Anox were giants who basically the Canaanites were descendants from Cana, son of Ham, thus related to Nimrod. It all came down from this line. Well, if you look about it, when Nimrod – 
basically came in and wanted to start building Babylon. He wanted to build it as essentially, this is what historians say, as a revenge to God to not only be up in the sky with God, but also to prevent another flood from wiping out his population and population of his seed. He wanted to build a structure so large it did not matter how large a flood ever occurred again. It was never going to be able to kill everybody off. There, Certain historians look back, and there's tons of questions on how tall the Bible Tower was. Some people basically look back and they say it was 8,100 feet tall based on numbers. Other people say based on the squares or rectangles, theoretically, it was built about 1.3 miles higher, 6,800 feet, before the bricks of the base could have been crushed. Other people talk about the design that they've read back in history. It could have been around 4.7 miles tall. There's nobody that truly knows. A lot of it was removed or never got brought up. Whatever it was, though, it was big. Real big, using some very, very interesting technology to be able to make a building that tall in that frame of time in that time in history. Where they're talking about brick stones with mud and brick that they're putting together. Some people are saying that it's, you know, like I said, a mile tall, mile and a half tall, four miles tall. I don't know, but it was big enough to make God absolutely mad about it. And that's why he made everybody start speaking different languages, because that's apparently what was happening when you look at the historians, when they look back at this, is that Nimrod wanted to bring everybody together under a new world associated under him as him being the leader and wanted to build a building that everybody would be protected into the skies so that the flood would never wipe out the earth again and he could basically start more debauchery and more of the filth that they perpetuated from Genesis chapter 6 with the incantations. You can look back basically in certain histories how this stuff has always gone through. This is what was going on with that, and this is why, again, now they're wanting to bring the entire world under a one-world government, one-world religion, one-world dollar. In my opinion, when you look back at history of this, this is simply attempting to recreate another Tower of Babel so that everybody will be safe and protected under this one-world government. Everybody will basically be good to do whatever they want, no matter how perverted it is, you'll be protected. That's the gist of what they're trying to promote here. This is why when you look back at the Book of Enoch, from a historical standpoint, it goes into detail in a lot of stuff they were using with the roots and the incantations and that the giants were sinning against the reptiles. All this stuff has been going on for a very, very long time. That's why you can't be surprised about it. You can't be shocked about it. You have to address it and call it out for what it is. And Dad brought up some really valid points, but I want to kind of add that in there that this happened after the flood, not too shortly after his great-grandson of Noah when basically – we see Nimrod come on the picture after basically he was the son of um, Cush. So I just wanted to bring that up there if you guys look at it. Very interesting how all this stuff is tied in over <laughs> millennials, <laughs> and we see how it's never stopped. It's always been the same group doing the same thing. So great information today, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the website. Lots of different specials going on right now. Also, too, as you guys know, check out. The super sale for July. My birthday's in July. One of my favorite products is the Ultimate Multiple Powder. I had a lot of people asking me about it right now. Really bump up energy, increase mental acuity. The Ultimate Multiple Power on sale for 20% off right now. Rarely ever put this product on a big sale because the margins to make this are very expensive. If you guys have looked at this product, the actual ingredient list and the dosage are very clinically relevant. There's a lot of products on the market, a lot of multiples on the market that they claim this and they claim that. 
look at the milligram dosage. I don't hide behind anything on my products. Look at nutritional facts. I break it down all the way to the exact name of the ingredient that's in it, methylcobalamin. I let you guys know the dosage on that. Extremely relevant. Be sure to do your own research when you're comparing supplements and understand what you're actually getting. When you start seeing a lot of these products where the entire label's one giant proprietary blend and they don't want to let you know anything that's in it, there's certain reasons why. Sometimes they want to prevent you from knowing what's really in it. Other times it may be a product they don't want you being able to copy. But when you're talking about a multivitamin or aspects of that, there's zero reason you should see a proprietary blend because everybody in this industry should be as open and honest as we are. However, as people know, that's not the case. That's why we try to be the top leader in some of the highest quality supplements in the world. So if you guys need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. Also, too, vote for what you want to see, product of the week, the joint rebuilding formula, one of our most advanced joint rebuilding formulas we ever put together years ago, really great product helps out with soft tissue helps out with injuries really popular among athletes with shoulder and knee injuries be sure to check it out and vote for what you want to see win on wednesday as well looks like the coq10 ubiquinol is pulling strong but vote for what you want to see win my friends thank you again hope you guys enjoyed the show have a blessed safe awesome night we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always